You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. I'm an associate pastor here at Schweitzer. Um, if you're new with us, welcome. Uh, it's just a really, that's a great way to start a morning, isn't it? Great way to start a morning of worship. Um, something I want to say, uh, just as every Christian is, every individual really, has a unique purpose, a unique identity here on earth, so does every local church. Right? If, if every church looked the exact same, um, then the world would be hurting a lot more than it is. If every local church emphasized all of the exact same things, the world would be hurting more than it is. And so God gives um, each church a unique set of, of gifts and uh, a unique set of, of burdens and responsibilities, and et cetera, just as he does every individual. I say this because the series that we're in is a series called Be Part of This. And one of the emphasis, emphases of this series is to kind of get a, the personality of this local church called Schweitzer, right? It's to get the identity, the God-given purpose for Schweitzer here on earth. And to do so in this series, what we're doing is, is we're, there are five attributes that over a long period of time God has been revealing to us, saying these things really make you, you. All right, and so let's, let's talk about these five at- attributes real quick. Uh, the first one, well, I don't even know if there's a particular order, but we talked about it last week, community impact. Community impact. We are a church, and we want to be a church that is impacting the community outside of these walls, right? That is helping to bring restoration to uh, people's lives that are broken, all right? And that goes on and on and on. You can watch a sermon from last week if you like, but community impact is incredibly important to us, and we want to embody that. Engaging worship. Engaging worship is the second one, that we don't just want to put on a, a show with good preaching and good music on stage. Worship is so much more than that. It's about you. It's about every one of us gathering together to meet with the living God, to get on our hands and knees and pray that the Holy Spirit shows up because we know that we need him and we can accomplish nothing without him. This is the purpose for which we gather, engaging worship. So let's glorify God, the third, all generations. We are a church where it may not appear so uh, as much in this service or any particular service, but throughout everything that happens here. There is, from the cradle to the grave, a significant number of people in every single stage of life that you can imagine, of of every single age. And there are intergenerational ministries happening in this church, people pouring in from one generation to the next. I am standing here today because someone who is closer to the grave than I poured into me. All right? We care about this. We're a church of all generations. What else am I missing here besides today's? 
Deeper discipleship, of course. We are a church. It's like my thing, and I forget it. Deeper discipleship. We're a church that, that believes at the core of our being that no matter how deep you have gone already in your discipleship, there is further to go. We are not complacent. We are not content. We are not satisfied because Jesus is calling us deeper. That's what it means to be a part of Schweitzer. It's who we are. And number five is caring hearts. Caring hearts. We're people who care about one another. We express compassion and love to anybody and everybody who walks in these doors. And we're going to talk about caring hearts today. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to first read some scripture. We're going to read some scripture that I think um, describes the state of things pretty accurately as it was then and as it is now. But the scripture is going to be the anchor for which we kind of understand what is our mission, our ministry here on earth. And then two, we're going to talk about how do we live out this scripture here at Schweitzer uniquely. And then three, we're going to celebrate and praise God for the ways that he is fulfilling this particular aspect of Schweitzer right here in our midst. We're going to get to see um, a number of people who have been, who have shown and expressed caring hearts within this community, have served uh, many of you, including myself. <laughs> um, and we're going to celebrate, right? What, how, what better way to worship than, than to just say, God, thank you for what you are doing. All right, so those are the three things we're going to do today. Like I said, we're going to start in Scripture. We're going to start with Matthew chapter 9. If you want, open up your Bibles or, or turn on your Bibles. You guys said recently. Verse 35 through chapter 10, verse 1. Matthew 9, verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his 12 disciples, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. So if you'd like, you can leave your Bibles open. I'm going to recap this scripture real quick. Jesus' ministry, Matthew says, was teaching the truth, preaching the gospel, and healing the hurt, the broken, the poor, the helpless. Teaching, preaching, and healing. What drove Jesus' ministry was one thing. It was love. It was compassion. He cared deeply for people. I'm going to say this again. What drove Jesus' ministry was not a duty and obligation to God. Like It's not that he just had to do this, so he did. What drove Jesus' ministry was compassion for those that he served. He actually cared, right? He actually cared. He had a deep affection for those whom he served. Therefore, he taught and he preached good news. And he offered healing to those who came to him. Third, 
he says, there were not enough laborers to serve the great need. Today, there are not enough laborers to serve the great need. Jesus, God in flesh, looked around, saw the crowds. He had compassion, and he said, this harvest is huge. It is plentiful. There are people in need and in want and ready to come to me, but I, Jesus, cannot do this by myself. Therefore, pray earnestly that God will send more laborers into the field to do this work of teaching the truth, preaching the gospel, and healing the broken. To do my ministry, right? And this is, in a way, the beginning of the church. So he tells his disciples, he says, pray that God will send out laborers. And then immediately after, he says, hey, by the way, you're the laborers. And he calls them to do his ministry, to continue doing his ministry. He empowers them. He gives them the authority to do exactly what he was doing, and then even more after he sent the Holy Spirit. Those words of John, uh, I think it's in John chapter 14, where Jesus says, when I, after I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and look, you should want this because you are going to do even greater things than I have done here after I sent the Holy Spirit, right? This is the church. So here's the point. If you are a follower of Jesus... In his ministry, teaching, preaching, healing, whatever that might look like in your life, his ministry is your ministry. If you are a follower of Jesus, his ministry is your ministry. Every hand, every foot, every finger, every toe, every eye, every ear, every mouth, every elbow, every knee, doesn't matter what you are in the body of Christ, you are helping to fulfill the teaching of the truth that the world needs so badly. The preaching of the gospel, the good news of hope that the world needs so badly. And healing. The healing of God. Never underestimate. Never underestimate your contribution. Don't do it. Don't say to yourself, I'm no professional, I'm not a professional preacher, I'm not up there on the stage, I, I can't teach the Bible, or, or I don't have powers of healing or whatever. Guys, your contribution matters more than you could ever know, and so does mine. You, if you serve donut holes, you, if you greet people at the door and shake hands, you, no matter what your occupation is, as long as you don't work at like a strip club or something, you know, you... Matter. <laughs> what you do matters. <laughs> and it doesn't just kind of matter. It matters a whole lot in every single little tiny way that you support this church. That you participate in the ministries of this church. What you are doing is carrying out the ministry of Jesus, which is teaching the truth, preaching the gospel, and healing a broken world. Got that? Never underestimate your contribution. You can be a difference maker. You can be an agent of change. You can be a powerful influence. You can be a soldier of God's kingdom. You can be a beacon of hope. You can be a balm to those who are wounded.
and hurting. You can be a vehicle of God's salvation. All God needs from you is for you to care. God just needs you to care. And here's where this hits home with me. It's like we just gotta, we just gotta stop looking at ourselves. We gotta stop being so self-centered and looking inwardly at ourselves, and we gotta start looking out among the crowds, as Jesus did. Looking at other people and their needs, right? We gotta stop separating ourselves from the crowds and, and being a part of this individualized American culture, right? And independent, and that's not, no, we got to place ourselves among the crowds. We got to extend a hand and get to know people and, and see what they need. We got to look people in their eyes and see not just, just annoying, needy people, People just like you and me, and we've got to want as badly for others what we want for ourselves. Or even more badly for others than we want it for ourselves. It's what it means to care. It's amazing to me that Jesus, um, how often he was swarmed with these people who were just desperate and needy. And, I mean, if it were me, they like annoying and just burdensome. And you know what I mean? I mean, can you imagine? And yet he never grew cold. He never grew bitter. He never grew jaded or, or insensitive. Jesus continued to be filled with love and compassion for people. And this drove his ministry. Now, I'm going to be honest. There are days where I wake up and I don't care about you. That sounds awful, doesn't it? But let's be honest with ourselves. There, there are days when I wake up in the morning and I do not care about any, any of you in this room. Because I'm just, there are days where I wake up and I'm just selfish, right? I'm inwardly focused. And even my prayers, they reflect this. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying for yourself. There's, there's not. But it's a, it's a sort of mindset, it's a sort of posture, a position of the heart to be looking out among others. And that's hard to do when you're not actually uh, with other people. Right? And when you live in kind of your own little pocket and corner and don't let anyone, it's tough to do if that's how you live. we got to be with the crowds. And I'll tell you, whenever I don't care about you guys, this whole preaching and teaching thing and this whole, you know, leading the church in different ways and discipling people and whatever. It's just, it's incredibly difficult. I don't enjoy it. I don't, I don't love it when I don't love you, you know? I do it out of a sense of duty and obligation because I think it's important and whatever, but there are days where it's just, I don't, if I don't love you, that's reflected in my ministry. And this is, this is a truth that applies to, to every single one of us in this room, no matter what you do. But it is the greatest joy in the world to wake up in the morning and serve God however it is I'm called to do so when I truly, deeply care about you and have affection for you. And so here's what I've experienced recently. And this is really, I mean, I, I do not believe this is just my own personal experience, okay? Is about a year ago, um, I began praying, God, give me your heart. Help me to, like, to see people like you see them. And I didn't just pray this once or twice. I prayed earnestly, as Jesus says. I prayed earnestly. God, give me your heart. And after praying that for a couple weeks, there was one day where I was caught up in prayer and I was thinking about friends and family and the church and whatever. And I just, 
And I'm not an emotional dude. I mean, I'm like the antithesis of emotional, all right? And, and I was just caught up, and, and I, I wept over, I, I can't even explain it. It's like the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. God opened my eyes. He opened my heart, and I saw people in situations and circumstances like he saw them, and I was crushed. And I'm not, I, for three or four minutes, I was just absolutely crushed with pain and compassion and, and for the people in my life and whom I serve, and even for myself, because I saw things with God's heart. He answered, and all I'm saying is he answered my prayer. I just prayed for it, and he answered it. And then a few weeks ago, um, it had been a while since I'd, I'd been praying that, and again, my ministry had fallen back into this sort of just dutiful obligation, and it wasn't coming from a place of love um, and really benevolent intent, and so I started praying that again. And one morning, I'm in the shower, and I'm praying it, and God just gave me a sort of, like, vision, you know, nothing like miraculous, just kind of a picture in my mind. And what he showed me was he, um, it was like I, I walked into, a, like, a room or something, and there was a, a teenager or adult or something laying on a couch with a needle in their arm. And they were passed out, and it was like they were a heroin addict or something. And, there was, and, and God just said to me, he goes, um, this is my people. This is what they're like. They're just, they're sedated, and they're hurting, and they're broken, and they're addicted, and they're just separated. And <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just, um, and they need your help. And it was like he gave me uh, his love for the church as a father for his children just right there in that moment. And I just wept in the shower. I just cried the heart of God, and I'm telling you, um, again, that was the answer to my prayer. So, so twice in my life, ever, twice, I've consistently prayed for this, and twice God has answered it. Isn't that incredible? So that's the first lesson today is just like, um, if we ever want to fulfill the great commandment to love God and others with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, etc., right, if we ever want to do that, loving is more than just action. It's truly, we've actually got to care about people too, and that's a work that only God can do in our hearts. So let's pray for it. And I found that when we begin praying for other people, when our prayers take a different focus, right? When we look at the harvest and we pray for God to send laborers, that quite often he shows us how we can be the laborer. And so here's number two, is you can participate um, in any number of ministries uh, here at Schweitzer, um, and you know what, you, I invite you to look at your bulletin today, um, page two, and these are a lot of, I mean, there are more ministries here at Schweitzer, these just kind of fall underneath our Caring Hearts ministries, um, and you got everything from people who, who serve food here in the morning to greeters and ushers, the hospitality team, to people who, who keep us safe, and whatever, so you can read all those descriptions online. If you want to know more about those ministries and be a part of it, then you can go to sumc.co and you can click on Caring Hearts and there'll be descriptions there. The two that I really want to lift up to you, though, are two that are in great need and are two that have blessed a lot of people. And they're the two on the top of this page. The snail mail ministry and the home visitors. <laughs> the snail mail ministry um, is just where there's a team of people who send cards, handwritten letters to other people in need. When's the last time you got a handwritten letter? It's kind of nice, isn't it? Someone took the time to write this down and, ex and show me some love and Maybe include a scripture in there or a word of encouragement or whatever. We do that in this church. It's an incredible ministry, and we, we need more people to participate in that ministry. 
And then home visitors um, is quite obviously where you visit people in their home. <laughs> and people particularly who aren't able um, to leave their home, right, because of a physical disability or something like that. And it's just where you're the presence of Christ in their life, and you can just, just be with them and listen to their stories and just care for them and be the kind of care and love that, that is just invaluable. And now hear this, what we need is young people, and we need men for these ministries. Um, it, it probably wouldn't surprise any of us uh, that older ladies tend to be more caring than the rest of the demographic. I don't, it just seems to be the case. I don't, but um, we need younger people, and we need men. So maybe, maybe God's calling someone in here to partake in some of these ministries today. Thirdly, um, as I said, that every bit of support and contribution that you make helps. Um, I meant that, and that also involves your giving, your tithing, your money. Next week is our, we annually, if you've been here for any time, you know that we do giving commitments for a year where you say, I, I intend to give this much next year. That helps the church with the budget. Just quite practically, we've got to know how much we've got to work with, you know. Um, and it's a way of you kind of holding yourself accountable to what you intend to give over a monthly basis or a one-time annual or whatever. And so I, I invite you to, you should have commitment cards in the back seats of your pews here. Take that with you this week. Consider it. Pray about it. And then next week when you come back, that's going to be uh, our commitment card Sunday where we bring them to the altar um, and we make those commitments before God and one another as to what we're going to give. And I cannot stress enough that all of these things begin in prayer. I do believe that God will transform your heart if you let him, if you ask him to. So just invite him in and just say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? Help me to have your heart. Pray that every day earnestly this week, and I guarantee you, he will show you something new. I guarantee you, he will show you something new, okay? And now, as I said, we're going to celebrate those who have done this ministry and those who have received from these kinds of ministries. Um, and so the first thing we're going to do is watch a video that's four or five minutes long um, sharing some really cool stories. So please watch. I think so much about the importance of people physically being there. Um, in your case, uh, for you and, and for your family support and, and really for all of you, whether you were the one in the hospital or you were caring for someone who was in the hospital, um, how, how important was that to you, to any of you, um, that someone was physically there and that also maybe I would assume that you also got letters or cards or phone calls, things like that. But, but just the idea of, of sharing, uh, sharing a room with someone, breathing the same air as someone. And in terms of support, um, how big was that? Um, yep, uh, I don't know, about a month ago or so, took uh, my daughter McKenzie to what I thought would just be an urgent care visit and we'd be home in a couple hours and that um, turned into a two-day hospital stay. And so, you know, as a parent, you're trying to stay strong and because your child is hurting and if you're not strong, they're taking out their pain on you too. Right. And so if you're not strong, um, then, then 
the kiddo is going to have a hard time. And so um, we were blessed with um, a visit from um, Patsy, um, and she just was just a short visit, but that time to come in and pray with us and just, you know, she brought a toy for McKinsey, which she didn't have to do, and it actually was one of McKinsey's favorites and was one of the very few smiles we saw while the couple days that she was in the hospital and Patsy didn't know us and she had no idea so if you you know right there we saw God and just through that small little interaction and that small gesture and so just so neat that through her caring and through God's love that just that extra support to help us get through that and now you'd never know Kinsey was in the hospital so yeah. that's awesome Roger what about you um, my story is my parents, uh, Van and Roberta Garrison, were uh, members here, and my dad passed away unexpectedly about a year ago, and I was out of town when that happened. He had a heart attack, so I mean, it was just overnight and yeah. done, but, and my mom had early Alzheimer's, so she wasn't really understanding everything, but... I was out of town in Tulsa, and I called Mason, and he was right there in the house. Yeah. You know, before my wife or my kids or anything, get over there. And uh, he's so awesome. And he, he would always... He'd always show up, like, before any of Dad's surgeries or anything. Mm -hmm. Mom said he was magic. And then after um, Dad passed, you know, and he was more with Mason, you know, but uh, Jim was actually going out of the country somewhere with his wife scheduled to. So for Dad's funeral, we had Jason do it, and Jason didn't really know my dad. But I swear that you would think Jason had known my dad for 30 years. Yeah. Do you mind sharing your story? No, that's fine. I was in the hospital and nursing homes, rehabilitation centers for three and a half months. And during that time, all of our ministers came to visit me. Jim Mason, especially Jim, was there about three times a week for three and a half months. We just had so many people uh, concerned and cards and letters. It's all from Schweitzer. Schweitzer, no one can say that Schweitzer is not a good church or a caring church. I'm curious to know, and if, what I'd like to do is ask those of you who have received any type of like visiting ministry, maybe you've been visited in the hospital or your home, um, would you, if you can, stand, and if not, raise your hand? Yeah, thank you so much. Look at that, the number of people who've been just blessed by people uh, visiting them in their hospital or their home. Thank you very much. Would those of you uh, who have participated helping out um, in any of the ministries on this page, please stand so we can just recognize you. Yeah, go ahead and clap. Yeah. Thank you all so very much. Um, you know, I, I had a thought, and as we were celebrating the saints that have passed, and um, 
it just kind of blows my mind, going back to, like, self-centeredness and just how much I serve myself. And, and um, it's like we'll never be remembered by the clothes we wear, the car we drive, the house we live in. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we accomplished or that we did, the vacations we went on, or the, like people don't remember us by those things. And I heard those names that I personally knew who passed away this last year. Um, I remember them based on how they served and loved and cared for those around them. I mean, that's what people are remembered by. <laughs> that's it, really, right? Um, I just think God... Man, intends to do so much through you and through us in this church by just loving and caring for one another. And so um, here in a moment, the ushers are going to come forward and we're going to receive your offering. We're going to receive, if you're interested in any of these ministries, you can fill out that connection card and drop it in the offering baskets. Or you can just contact the person located here. Um, But would you pray with me as we move forward here? Heavenly Father, uh, I pray that you transform our hearts. Starting right now, we, we ask that you help us to care, to care more about others than we care about ourselves, or at least as much. <laughs> help us to see um, the pain and the brokenness in others rather than the problems and the burdens that they cause us. Help us to recognize in one another the great need for Jesus, our good shepherd. And just by the power of your Holy Spirit, begin transforming this congregation and creating a community um, that is filled with love and care for one another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.